listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. It's long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. This is episode 77, and I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And as we always say, this is a show where we spoil everything, all bets are off. If you want to be surprised about the shows that you're watching, and we're talking about them tonight, you may want to skip ahead, all right? We'll try and introduce the shows without giving too much away. But we don't really list a menu or anything like that. We are just talking about all sorts of sci-fi shows tonight that we're watching. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully we don't spoil you too much. That is true. So we really don't give out the nitty-gritty spoilers, but we do talk about things that surprise us and so mm-hmm. on, right? So so whatever. Um, so how are you doing, Miles? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, We've got to talk about what you're watching and everything and how everything's going. Before we do that... I just wanted to share um, a note that came, two notes. First of all, we are having a discussion coming up. And um, we just kind of finalized it today and yesterday that um, if you've been listening to our podcast, especially the conversation show, you know we've been dialoguing, is Star Wars really science fiction? And there's been some bantering back and forth. And this is really uh, Raul Weber's uh, fault, right? And... Um, Go ahead. Yes, Raul, it's all your fault. It was your fault. And then Jim Arrowwood kind of picked up the mantra and gave his two cents about it and wrote this immaculate uh, blog post at jimscifiblog.blogspot.com, I believe. I believe I got that right, probably .blogspot.com. So check it out if you want to hear his thoughts. But better yet, we are bringing Raul and Jim and someone else that probably is even more of authority to speak on this on our podcast in two weeks on March 19th at 8 o'clock. We are bringing on Keith R.A. DeCandido. DeCandido. I'm always saying that wrong. I'm saying it wrong. DeCandido, <laughs> um, who has authored the books The Goblin Precinct and also has done Farscape uh, novelizations. War of Warcraft novelizations, Starcraft novelizations. Star he Trek novels. Star Trek novels, mm-hmm. and uh, he hasn't done Star Wars yet. But, you know, someone that ha- that is an authority that has to know where the lines are drawn when it comes to science fiction certainly would be key. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and our question is really broader than is Star Wars sci-fi. I think what we're really tackling here is what makes science fiction science fiction. Can we come to some sort of... Uh, consensus as to what makes something science fiction versus fantasy, and heck, does the distinction even matter? I'm also interested in, because what really fired the shot was Raul said, and we had asked him about what does he think were the five most important sci-fi movies, and he mentioned Star Wars is definitely one of the most important, but not necessarily the best sci-fi. Yeah, or good sci-fi. So... What makes good sci-fi? 
what is good sci-fi? Yeah, what do you what do you consider to be good sci-fi? Where mm-hmm. is that line drawn? That's what we're just talking about. And I think as a result, whatever conclusions we draw, we'll be able to then evaluate, say, well, so if we come up to this definition of sci-fi, then how do these movies rank in that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and maybe we can kind of draw a conclusion mm-hmm. about that. So if you want to weigh in your thoughts into that conversation, hear what Keith, Jim, or Raul, Miles, or I have to say, we're going to be doing a roundtable discussion, and we're going to be playing listener calls and feedback and reading emails. If you'd like to get your voice heard, you can call us at one 888 and talk to us. Uh, the other thing that you can do is... Email an MP3 to us at sci-fi diner podcast at gmail at gmail.com. And if you don't like your voice heard on the air, you can always just type it up and we'll read it in the air. We, we just want to hear from you. Well, you know, there is another way that people can get a hold of us, Miles. And I think this is new for you too. Yes, this is this is definitely new for me. You know, I've got to give credit where credit's due. I first heard about this app from Wayne Henderson, who does a fringe casting with Wayne and Dan podcast, a lot of casting, casting podcasts, and everything at mediavoiceovers.com or org or .com, maybe both. But uh, he uses something called SpeakPipe where people can call in directly from a website. And I have actually had the link for SpeakPipe up on our website, but it's kind of hidden in a little link in the sidebar. With It's not very pronounced, so mm-hmm. I really need to do something to call more attention to it than I've been. Uh, but I did want to sh- share, share this because we have now an app. There is an app for the iPhone and for the iPad where you can now leave a voicemail message straight from your iPhone. And I tried it out tonight. It seems to be working, although I'm still waiting to receive my message. I don't know how long it takes to receive a message from these guys. But um, but I did call in. All you really have to do is put in um, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com, and I should get a voicemail, although right now it says I don't have it. But uh, – but, um, Here's the email. Here's the, here's the notes for just a little bit about that. If you're interested in another way to get a hold of us and leave voicemails, and so we've had a new support for iOS devices. Now your customers, that's you guys, can send you voice messages via SpeakPipe using the iPhone or iPad directly from your website or voicemail page. Um, and don't forget to remind your subscribers that now they can send your voicemails from an iPhone or iPad using Skype using SpeakPipe. Um, and it's a free app for the iPhone and iPad, which is great. Um, so the ability, the cool thing here is you can send a voicemail using the user SpeakPipe program or email address without any phone calls or visiting a web page. So it, does, it just uses your bandwidth data, basically. So that's kind of cool. Um, and um, yeah. So I got to play with this a little bit, but sci-fi down a podcast at gmail.com is the email you would want to use if you want to actually send us a voicemail, and that should work. And if that doesn't, I will get you details on how to have actually have it work. But I did want to share that kind of up front as a part of it. Um, one other thing uh, before we get into kind of what we're watching and is that you, uh, Colin from the Trek, from, uh, Trek News and Views podcast mm-hmm. recently posted up on YouTube our Tama Pedicate interview. And it's well worth checking out if you haven't done so. It's on YouTube. Right. So, Miles, what in the heck have you been watching and, and getting right. into these past couple of weeks? That's really where we should have started here. I uh, recently watched um, uh, part two of uh, Batman Dark Knight Rises. It's a, it's the animated uh, movie. Um, and like the first one, it was quite good. Um, 
Peter Weller voiced the, 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 the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, and so basically part two takes place after one does. Batman had basically retired and then things go to pot in Gotham City. And so after 10 years, he comes back and the ramifications of that. Um, in, the, in the second one, Superman gets involved because uh, Batman is seen as just um, just doing his own thing too much. And there's a new commissioner, so this new commissioner is not as uh, sanguine as with having Batman Gotham City as, uh, as Commissioner Gordon was. Also, th- this movie sort of takes place in the 80s because you have the character of the president, and the president looks and sounds like Ronald Reagan, although it's never said to be Ronald Reagan. And, there, and it's also, there's Cold War themes about it, and there's a conflict between our, the United States, and the, they refer to it as the Soviet Union, so I'm assuming it takes place back in the 80s. So it's kind of a period superhero flick also. So, I yeah. say, this sounds kind of like a... Almost like a retro superhero flag. It kind of was, and which I I, I like too. I, I mean, I I, I I like when they kind of do that. They go. Um, I like what they did that with um, the Watchmen, um, one of the Justice League movies. They did that also. They made it take place back in the fifties. Um, so, yeah. So if, if you like the the animated movies, check this out. Um, not for kids though. This is not yeah, something you can watch. Yeah, a little, little too violent, and right. so, but uh, well, well written story and some good, good Batman action. Yeah, you know, um, and, and anything else that you're watching other than the shows that we're going to talk about? But any uh, movies you watched? Any books that you're reading? Um, reading the, the newest uh, uh, Stargate Atlantis novel in the Legacy series, and so I'm enjoying that. I'm about uh, two, about a third of the way through that right now. Um, haven't seen any new movies in a while. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what I am doing, what, watching. I'm Well, before that, I'm still in the middle of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I am a, almost halfway through book five, and boy, is a lot of stuff happening again. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about book five of Game of Thrones. So I'm hoping to be through that in about a month. We'll see. It takes me forever to get through these books. Uh, but, but that means I'll have a lot of credits to spend on Audible when I actually get to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm not using them right now. Um, so, uh, I'm also watching Grimm. Okay. So season one, I am about six, seven episodes in and I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Good treadmill material. And I said, you know, I'm giving this show a shot. I really like the blue bot, the, uh, sidekick kind of, uh, to the Grimm and, uh, it's a really good show. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a season behind everyone and I'm not really going to spend money on iTunes to buy and keep up with the current season. Mm -hmm. Although I could with Hulu plus be like an episode or two behind. That's about it. But I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Very enjoying it. It's well worth the watch. Um, and maybe sometime when you have a little bit extra time, you can watch it probably after I start watching big bang theory. Yes. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the other movie I watched, and this was kind of a movie that I found interesting and I kind of rendered it not knowing much about it in Netflix. And it was the darkest hour. Did you ever hear this movie? It sounds familiar, but but we have to tell you. So here's the write up on the movie. Here's what kind of sold me on it. So it was released in 2011. Again, I never heard this movie. Um, it's a sci-fi action thriller that tracks the adventures of a group of young Americans touring Moscow who get caught up in an alien invasion. Despite the unfamiliarity of their surroundings, the Yanks quickly team up with the Russians to fight back. So you would think 
you would think that it's kind of a plays off as kind of a Cold War type of movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I rented this, really knowing just what I read you as far as write up. But I also knew that it had like, uh, I think it's Emil Hirsch, who has done some stuff. In fact, I, I only I didn't recognize the name at first, but I did see him using Jack Kerouac's. Um, uh, no, it's not Jack, Jack Kerouac. It was uh, Jack Krakauer's book, Into the Wild, mm-hmm. uh, that I'd read for my AP comp course. So I recognized him, but I didn't recognize like Olivia Thurby, uh, Thurby uh, Max uh, Mahela, I think it is, Rachel Taylor, uh, Joel Kinnaman, Veronica Ozarova. Though a bunch of, it was kind of a conglomeration. And so I watched this, and it really wasn't that bad of a movie. There was excitement. Um, the aliens were like these energy beings that kind of fed off of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, it would take humans, and when it would encounter you, you would disintegrate. Oh. Would, like just kill you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So we had that fear factor. And they figured out ways to kind of fight them. Um, and it seems like this movie really was a setup for a sequel because they don't really kick the aliens out. They just kind of escape from Moscow. Hmm. And... Um, and uh, they're working at, and you you hear the idea that there's res, there's these resistances that are rising up, and they're taking down little pockets of the aliens, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very 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 uh, not real bloody, uh, no no not a lot of sex, um, uh, some violence, some language. But that's about it. Now, where did you see this movie on? I, I rented it from Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was it. Mm-hmm. But the darkest hour. So, um, would I say watches? If you are looking for someone something to watch and and you want a decent movie to watch, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not the best movie ever. It's not the worst thing you're going to rent from Netflix. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not going to be Iron Man three. Right. No, but it won't be. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be better than Iron Sky. Well, have you seen Iron Sky? I have, and I liked it, but okay. it wasn't that it wasn't it wasn't my favorite movie. Okay, but I mean, I liked it. So, mm-hmm. well, let's move into shows that we are currently watching, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one that we are ecstatic about is Continuum. What did you think about last night's Continuum? Well, just uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed all of them so far. Um, the idea that they can get into your head and manipulate you is a, to me a very fearful thing yeah yeah well we and uh but the best thing about it is we have a hacker that can take care of that i gotta play this mm-hmm. clip i gotta play this clip Mike. okay is that okay can i do that sure go ahead i told you i was gonna do this right mm-hmm. Listen. damn it don't do this Whoever is accessing her has advanced coding skills. It's like he was anticipating my every move before I did it. More advanced than you. Which is impossible, especially in this time. There is one person. Yes, but he is just... just a kid. That is the only logical explanation. 
See, this is a bit eerie, right, Miles? That's what I was thinking. I mean, Kagami fi- can fig- figure it out who can do this, and I wouldn't want to cross Kagami. <laughs> oh, and, and you know that they'll be able to figure out where he lives. Right, so Kira's going to have to protect him. Oh, he just got him. So he might be the man now. I love that scene where he's like dancing around. Who's the man? Who's the man? Right, right. But, he's celebrating now, but, but uh, I think this is going to be a short-lived celebration. Don't you agree? I definitely, yeah. Definitely. Um, it was a really good episode. The, the idea of this virtual reality, the idea they're hacking in and killing people, and uh, I was thinking also. I mean, vir- remember vir- virtual reality was supposed to be be really huge back in the mid early 90s and it never really took off i guess they 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 kind of bit off more than they can chew with 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 it they thought it'd be and and they played around with it i mean he had the old three you know the old virtual reality glasses right those helmets were something different Mm -hmm. and he even makes a statement this is kind of a new idea using an old tech Mm -hmm. so i i was just thinking when, when kira and um jennifer spencer's character are in that world i'm thinking We'd have nothing like that right now. I mean, no, no, uh, at least not that is commercially available like that. Yeah, so uh, I, I think we're still light years. That's almost it. holodeck material, right? Exactly, yeah. it is. It's mm-hmm. almost like being in a holodeck. Mm-hmm. So you know, well, this is what some of you guys were saying about the last episode, a continuum. And uh, why don't we take every other one here? Let me start with Neil's comment. Neil Einstein said, "Read me first. Mm-hmm. I hope we find out what that message is soon." <laughs> Because I guess there's that message that's kind of uh, encoded, right? Right, right. Yep, that's in there. What did Raul said? Um, hmm. 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 Oh, so so some deep thoughts by Raul. Right. Um, and uh, you mentioned that Alec, of course, is in danger from Liberate. Mm-hmm. No questions there. Jen M said, yep, I was able to watch half of it, but I thought it was pretty cool when Liberate was trying to control her through technology. And they were having her try to kill her partner. She's always walking a fine line when she can't say anything about what really is happening. And that is true. In fact, they played in the pre in the opening lines like, you know, let's tell everyone let's tell everything to everyone. To each, let's tell everything to each other. He goes, Well, there's some times we keep secrets. Yeah, she she at least was honest enough to say, Yeah, I'm not, not ready to be just yeah. a, you know. Yeah. And what did Jim say? Uh, Jim Arrowwood had to say, very intense episode. Um on Alec, three, four. Yeah, on four. Alec uh, definitely inter- inter- interfered with uh, Kagami's agenda to control Kira's implant. I'm not sure what to think about Kellogg, who stepped in to save Carlos. I'm still trying to figure out what his agenda is. He seems to be quite happy staying in the present, but he is actually trying to endear himself to Kira. Or is there something a deeper agenda he is pursuing just to advance himself? Yeah, we may not know. He could be just in a self-serving agenda, right? Exactly. I mean... Um, it proud for him. It would be good to stay on her good side. Although he did steal that piece of the time travel device, but so yeah, it's we don't know what his agenda is. Yeah. So let's uh, let's chat Arrow. Let's go into Arrow a little bit. We watched last week's Arrow uh, episode. Um, I guess season one eighteen mm-hmm. of Salvation, which means we have the finale coming up soon with eighteen episodes. Eighteen episodes. Is that right? I'm not sure. Wow, that seems that seems like a quick, but that, like we've gone through it. I, mean, I guess it's a good thing. It means I've been enjoying the season. But Very much so. The episode Salvation, in which oh, we have a bunch of things happening here, both with um, with uh, trying to kill off John Barrowman's character, mm-hmm. right? And somehow the vigilante saving him. And the vigilante, uh, a.k.a. the arrow, kind of revealing himself to his best friend. 
Yeah, he had to tell Tommy, you know, so he would do what he said. And so, yeah, exactly. And so, I'm just thinking he, he he's revealed himself to so far. Um, the one girl who is the IT guy, the IT, IT, IT girl, in, right? In, in, in the company. And now he's revealed himself to Tommy. I mean, um, he's got to stop revealing himself to. Uh, and the, the security guard, and that's about it. So there's three people that know and is in an inner circle. Mm-hmm. Where will this inner circle go? Will they all keep a secret? Mm-hmm. And will people believe them if they do share? You know, there's some right. questions that we, we don't have answered. Interesting in John Barrowman's character because he's kind of almost a nemesis in some ways. Oh, sure. Uh, to just, because his object is to save the city. Mm-hmm. In fact, which is the same terminology that the Arrow is using, although his ways seem a little bit more sinister. Oh, definitely. Um, but interesting take. Interesting mm-hmm. take on that. But it's also, I mean... Tommy and his father were on the outs beginning of the episode, but now they've seemingly mended mended some fences. Yeah, yeah, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> and he does. Tommy does lie when about who the arrow is. Does he or does he say? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of took his statement as, as, as being cryptic, as just saying, "I don't know who the hell he is." I mean, just in, in, I mean, he, he yeah, he does deflect the you know the it question. The question. Wait, well, he could be saying, "I don't know who he is," meaning. I thought I knew my friend, and now I don't know. That's what I took it as. I mean, you know, there was a double meaning in his statement. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So uh, Jason Taylor said, I like seeing Alex Kingston, a.k.a. River Song from Doctor Who, um, as Laurel's mom. Does anyone think her sister is still alive? Because remember they posit that the sister that was killed in the boat is actually still alive. Right. Mm -hmm. That would be an interesting... Twist. Well, what what has she been doing this, these last five years? Where has she been? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how did she survive? You know, that was a we we saw her being you know drug out of the boat, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but now we see you know Laurel's mom is in the picture now. Yeah, and that was kind of a shot out of the dark, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where has she been all this time? We don't really know a whole lot. Um. Well, let's move into Walking Dead, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So we're watching Walking Dead. You are at least watching Walking Dead. I am not watching Walking Dead. But this is episode three, uh, episode 12 from season three, and it was the episode clear. And uh, so tell me, um, what did you think about Walking Dead? Uh, I, thought that, I thought it was a very enjoyable episode. It was just, well, centered on um, Rick, Michonne, and Carl. And when they go back to... the you know, Rick and Carl's former hometown because they, well, they're looking for weapons. So I is mean, this a, is this a town they started out in? It's a town they started in, and, and um, Rick meets up with uh, Morgan, the African American guy who he met up with after, in season one. In season one, yeah, episode one. And Morgan is in a bad way, <laughs> um, and so, but Morgan has developed these very uh, interesting traps to protect himself from the walkers. So uh, they they also showed scenes where before where, where Rick is saying we'll patch this is a, to Michonne we'll patch you up and then after that you're on your way and so there was almost a little bit of a bonding time with Michonne with Rick and Carl because uh, Michonne helps Carl get something for, for that you know that basically basically gets his picture of of the family it's the only picture they have and so Carl wanted to get a, he wanted his his little sister to have a you know, have have a picture of the family, and um, they go to this bar to get it. But there's full of walkers, and 
of course, Michonne has, has to whip out her, her, her handy katana and, um, you know, her lightsaber and just go at it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, um, a good episode. It was a good episode. It was just, it was just focused on them. It was, that, that was the only characters and, you know, some walkers. So kind of a narrowed cast focus. Very, very narrow the cast this, this time. Yeah. Very good. Well, here's what some of uh, you folks are chiming in and saying about it. Mike Doherty from Broncos Redemption and Zcon uh, said, "Good to get away from Woodbury for a bit." And did you feel that was it good to get away from Woodbury for a little bit? It was a nice change. Yeah, a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. What did Gem- Gen M say? Uh, thought it was awesome. We finally got to see uh, Morgan again, the guy from the first uh, episode. Sigh. I think that's exactly what Rick needed to snap out of it. Morgan to me was a reflection of what Rick could have become if he didn't see it. Sad that Morgan couldn't go with him and poor Carl, but smart of him to remember that there was a picture of him with his parents in the cafe, and nice that Michonne, she was awesome as always, and said, and she said more than a few words. We're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betsy Childs, we love you, Betsy, by the way. Thank you for everything you did at Farpoint. I think Michonne is coming around and now may have Carl on her side. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see uh, her kind of take... Carl's kind of is becoming his own man. Carl is is standing out more and more, and like I said, I, I think in this episode, Michonne and Carl bonded together, and there was there was a I think I remember a line between you know him and Rick about you know Michonne sort of being part of the group now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that seems to be the most logical thing to do. Most logical conclusion of it. So right. uh, good, and uh, we have a few more episodes yet in this season, so we'll see kind of how it ends up, right? Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time, you are not watching, and I've been told that I have to watch season two, and I haven't been. I've been told it's better than season one, which I did watch. Uh, so that gives me hope for season two when I actually get around to watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, some, a lot of you chimed in on the most recent episode of Once Upon a Time. Uh, it, was, it was episode 15 of season two, The Queen is Dead. So Laurie, uh, Laurie uh, liked this, and Jen M said, wow, what another great episode. Poor Snow. That's what Core wanted, though, to have Snow turn bad, right? Hmm. And what did Neil say? Neil's a huge fan of it. I just couldn't believe how stupid they were. The dagger is perfectly safe, hidden, and magically protected, and they go off and find it for Regina and Cora. How could they think it would be safer in their hands? Can you read the next comment also by him? And uh, he also says, of course, this was also one of the major plot holes of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and many other stories. <laughs> true, very true. Uh, Laurie said, it was dumb of them to lead Cor to the dagger, but I like that we got more of how involved Cor was in getting Regina on the throne. Can't, to see, can't wait to see where that story goes. She also says, on the other hand, do they have to go get a fiancé for Neil? Do we need another character at this point? We still aren't getting much information on Greg Mendel. Too many plot points. And this is one of the complaints I have heard about the show. Mm -hmm. Too many characters coming in here. Mm -hmm. And so why introduce a new character when you're ready of so many characters? And I think that's probably a good good thought by Laurie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Raul says uh, to to, to Laurie, I'm not too worried about the number of uh, balls they have in the air after seeing how uh, adroitly they managed to the to the first uh, quarter of the season. Its success is going to depend on how well they are able to c- to converge the different elements. And that's probably true. So he's not real worried about, <laughs> whoa, Excuse he's me. not really worried about all the characters, but mm-hmm. you know, let's see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. See how well they bring the story together. 
Um, well, let's talk about another show, a show that I am not watching, but I've heard some good things about, and it's a show called The Following. Mm-hmm. And we posed a question on Facebook, are you watching The Following, a.k.a. The Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? <laughs> um, uh, and people kind of chimed in. So here's what people are saying about The Following. Uh, can you read the first one? Uh, Kerry Wright says, I saw the first episode, but I haven't managed to catch any since. I, I-, I thought it was good, though. Yeah, Leslie, I mean, he said, no. My must-watch list is full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rawl says, no, I've got too much on my plate already. Typically, I avoid getting involved in the first season of a serial show until I know it's going to do well enough to be renewed. So, and um, and it, and it uh, then we posted the link that it was renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did give it strong ratings, as far as we know. And um, Gen M? Uh, while it may not come as much of a surprise, given the strong ratings... Oh, Jen, I, that was actually part of the news that it was renewed for the second season. What did Jen say? Oh, uh, no, I. Uh, which? No, I don't like the kind of reality TV. Okay, is that it? Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so Jen says, no, I don't like that kind of rea- reality TV. Uh, laughing out loud. Matt Mather said, watch the first four episode. It's pretty good. The villain is good and it has a side of bacon. <laughs> True. Right. And uh, Jason, of course, said everything's better with bacon on it. Right. <laughs> and Lee says, I have been catching it later at night um, on Hulu. It's the only way I could fit in, 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 but it's very good TV. Jen M said, is there six degrees of Kevin Bacon in it yet? Right. Um, and Sean says, the, the first few episodes have been good, but it's getting pretty predictable and unrealistic. I know it's weird saying a TV show about a serial killer, but his cult, it can be unrealistic. Yeah, so it's a, he feels a little bit unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's still watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, is, it, is it a show that I'm going to watch? Not at this point. Me neither. No, uh, Once Upon a Time, second season, we'll be, I'll be watching before I watch that, and mm-hmm. there are a bunch of other shows I should be watching, and I'm not. Uh, well, in April, uh, Defiance comes out. Not, not, yes, not and, not be in, and then we'll start our Defiance podcast, and we'll go from there. Right. Right. Um, zero arrow, uh, zero hour, which is kind of inhaled as being sort of a spy fi sci fi type uh, thing. It got it got the axe. Didn't take long. It didn't take long. A few hours. It's been canceled. And a, a spokesperson to ABC confirmed to the Huffington Post, the ABC drama starring ER alumni Anthony Edwards has been pulled after three episodes. Yikes! So not very good ratings. I heard that the first episode did not get great ratings, mm-hmm. and Jed M said this sucks basically oh man i knew it fudge i didn't even get a chance to watch the first uh first two or three perhaps thursday nights is not such a good night to premiere a new show Mm. and sean says it was doomed from the start good got good concept but to premiere it on a thursday night against uh proven shows like last season of the office and big bang theory if they wanted to halfway succeed then to put in a decent time so at least a a mid-season replacement yeah i gotta agree agree uh thursday nights there's, there's other shows that have that time locked in. Yeah, that's not the time you want to debut a new show. Yeah, he goes, he said, Neil said, I'm not even surprised because of the time slot. I saw it live this week due to the repeats. Again, not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen M says, yeah, it's definitely a shame. They should have put it on, on like a Tuesday night, but I don't know what night it would have been a safe night to premiere a, sh- a new show anyway. <laughs> or anymore, right? Right. Uh, Rick said, wish it had stayed on long enough to tell the story. I watched it, but was not enamored with it. Too many different elements being forced into the story. 
probably too complex for people who weren't Lost fans. Mm. Uh, so apparently a pretty complex story, and yeah, that's kind of where it's at. So uh, it is kind of a show. I, it was recommended to me by a teacher friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I never got a chance to watch it, and now it looks like it's not one that I'm going to watch. So or invest time in. But. Right. All right, well, we do have some voicemails tonight now that we kind of traverse through the shows that we've been watching and some of the ones that you're watching here. Um, here's a voicemail that came in from a good friend from Colin, and he's talking about, I believe it's the show 666 and his review of The Hobbits. So let's hear what he has to say about, about those two things. Hi, Scott. Hi, Miles. It's Colin from England. I uh, just want to drop a few things in to your recent shows. First of all, I've finally seen The Hobbits. Yes, I know, beyond the curveball, but hey, what can I say? Um, I have to say that as much as it was an enjoyable film to watch and it was gorgeous and the scenery was stunning and all that type of stuff, I do think that it was 40 minutes too long. You know, just because you've shot footage doesn't mean you have to use the footage. And when you're thinking of your audience, who might be getting a numb bump. Putting it in is not always a good thing. I think the extra scenes that they added, which I'm sure will play out in the long term in over the three movies that it's based on book on, well, makes sense. But from the point of view of this film as it is, I don't think Kate Blanchett's appearance brought anything to the film. You could have quite easily cut all that bit out and the film would have moved along just as nicely. So, eh. I enjoyed it, I think, but yeah, definitely 40 minutes too long, to say the least. So, and I just want to say that I really enjoyed your um, convention feedback. So that was that's always good to hear. But I did want to say something about the Star Trek. First, um, that's Star Trek. Star Wars, space opera thing. And I actually did a bit of digging and I finally said a space opera is work set in a far future failing civilization where the technology is ubiquitous and entirely secondary to the story. It has an epic character to it, the universe is big, there are lots of sprawling civilizations and empires, there are political conflicts and intrigues galore and frequently takes place in a standard sci-fi setting giving it perspective needed for the development of the story. There's frequent rare planetary romance or aromance and exotic locations are also included. It is essentially a story of humanity or humans or life forms with a space as a backdrop. That sounds amazingly like Star Wars to me. And uh, I'm not going to jump into Star Trek Star Wars debate because as far as I'm concerned it's you know, as an, as an example of a debate, it's not really there. They're both set in different universes, they both have different physics, they both have different dynamics, they both have different technology. So, you know, you know the old thing about the Enterprise will just pull up alongside the Death Star and beam a photon torpedo into the reactor, bang, game over, comes into it. But, um, you know, they are different universes, they are different stories, so never to twain shall meet, as they say. But um, enjoy them for what they are. They are separate things. Would you compare Star Wars to Battlestar Galactica? You know, would you compare Babylon 5 to Deep Space 9? You know, they're different universes, different technologies. So enjoy them for what they are. And, you know, that's coming from me, who does a Star Trek podcast. So, so there, <laughs> there you go. 
But um, so yeah. Oh, and I've watched Six Six Six, which started over here two weeks ago, and I've watched the first two, and I won't be watching the third three because it's rubbish. It's that simple. There's character development is terrible. It's supposed to be this sneaky, spooky, you know, block of flats. Sorry, apartments. Got to think American apartments, um, and it's supposed to like you know be scary and and stuff. And it's not. It's not spooky, it's not scary, the character development is terrible, the stories is not that good, neither is the writing. So I'm not surprised it got cancelled, to be honest, because it's just not there at all. So But I have completed my watch of Battlestar Galactica from start to finish and I did enjoy that new version. And I did enjoy that. Um and there's an awful lot of questions at the end of it, which I presume is deliberate. Um, so you're left scratching your head with some stuff and other stuff you find intriguing but but there you go so great show as always guys enjoying it immensely so take care and live long and podcast well thank you Colin for sharing your thoughts on a variety of subjects and uh, should we tear these down in order sure let's do it uh, so he started by talking about The Hobbit and mm-hmm. said love The Hobbit it was 40 minutes too long. <laughs> now, you saw The Hobbit, right? I, right? I'm with Colin. I didn't, you know, he, he has watched it. I haven't watched it yet. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the DVD, right? Um, 40 minutes too long. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm a little divided on that. I, it is long, but then where it ended, I was like, wait, that's where it's ending? I mean. Already? Already. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just not sure if it was if it, if it was 40 minutes too long or not. See, Don Bender came came up with the same thing. This was a bit too long, and there were too many scenes of them running through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said this is a gorgeous film. Peter mm-hmm. Jackson does go- a, a gorgeous film. You right. just can't argue with it. Mm-hmm. So I will let you know what I think when I actually get to watch it. But uh, that was Colin's opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of jumped into the Star Wars debate, you know, right? Um, and I kind of like what he had to say, right? Um, he said that Star Wars, you know, let's look at what space operas defined as the tech secondary, and and uh, there's focuses on the human story. It's set in the far future, or the far past in this case. Yeah. Um, and tech secondary, and there's there's the kind of there's stories on the human element, and it sounds amazingly like Star Wars. Um, the guess the question is: Would you consider space opera science fiction? Hmm. And that's really what the question comes down to, right? And that's the question we're hoping to answer in about two weeks. So what do you think of that? Um, I, I, I'm i with him as uh, as far as weighing in on the Star Wars versus Star Trek debate. I, It's not a debate I, 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 I'm interested in. I agree with Colin 100%. Each one is its own thing and can be enjoyed e- equally for its own thing. I don't, you know, I don't think... One franchise is better than the other. Um, I mean, and, and I'm one who favors the, the original three movies. Um, they're a very important part of my childhood. Um, and look, and so was Trek for that matter. And, 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 and well, the funny, funny, well, in the late 70s, early 80s, it was Star Wars for me, it wasn't Star Trek. And so, Star the, Trek came later. Star Trek came late. Well, you know, all it was on was it was the reruns occasionally, and then. Then the movies didn't come back until early mid '80s. So, Star Wars, you know, that's what Star Wars was. 
you know, that's all I had uh, mainly for, for, for sci-fi, uh, with, with, with mixed with old Battlestar and Buck Rogers. But, um, so I can enjoy both of them, you know, each, each one, it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and really, uh, you know, we have fun as, as fans of these, you have fun like, saying like, okay, let's pit this, the enterprise against the death star who mm-hmm. would win. You're right. Right. And, you know, and you, and you have these little people that do videos that make kind of fun of this or they do pictures of it. But I think it's all in jest because both franchises really do bring something to the table. Um, they fulfill, a uh, 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 a love and desire for science fiction that we just wouldn't have gotten apart from it. Sure. Uh, he did enjoy our convention feedback. Oh, good. So I'm, I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Colin had no opinion about the TV show 666 is my, you know. Yeah, I wish uh, Colin wouldn't be so on the fence. A little bit of ambivalence. Now, I, <laughs> I, I loved it. He goes, first two episodes, I won't be watching the last three. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he gave it you know, two episodes in. Uh, you know, really, at least, you know, he could have given us zero stars. It sounds like maybe this is like a one out of five. I don't know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a half a star. But he says, terrible character development, uh, supposed to be scary. I love the way he word that, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy from, uh, I think it's a guy from Lost. He was in the X-Files. I think he was in this show. Terry Quinn was in this show, too, did some work. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um but, and uh, Robert Duncan McDeal, he played uh, Lieutenant Paris on Voyager. He he produced Six Six Six. Yeah, well, uh, we see how far that went. So, no, but apparently, uh, not a great show. I did not watch it. It wasn't something that really. I knew it was out there. It hit my radar. I knew some of the people that were acting in it, but not enough to draw me in. Likewise, yeah, I had no really yeah, interest. So, in but I'm glad we got your opinion. And so, if you haven't watched Six Six Six, Colin's saying don't bother. And and it it didn't get renewed or anything. So right. yeah. so I think it, six episodes, five episodes that it was made, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did complete BSG reimagined. Loved it. Left him with questions, and we've dissected that in the past. Oh my yes. So the end of the episode in that. So thank you, Colin, for calling in and giving us your feedback. You too can call in either using Speakpipe or you can call in one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, and that'll get your voice in the air as well. Rick from Wisconsin called in um, and to talk about some of the things he was watching and to clarify the movie that he didn't give us a name for. Do you remember that the last time he was telling us about a time travel movie and then yeah. he didn't give us a name for it? Well, we actually have a name now. So, Rick, thank you for calling in and, and, and sharing, that, sharing that with us. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Scott and Miles. This is Rick Snowdy calling from Wisconsin for the Sci-Fi Downer Conversation. Um, sorry that I forgot to mention the name of that movie. Uh, the movie I was talking about is called Safety Not Guaranteed. And the short version of the plot is that uh, someone runs an ad in the paper asking for someone who wants to go travel through time with them and saying they must bring their own weapons and that their safety is not guaranteed. And uh, some writers from a magazine decide to do a story to find out who placed this ad and if it's serious or not. Um, The movie will answer that question if you watch it, Uh, but it will take you to the end to know for sure uh, what's going on. So I did enjoy it. Um, In other movie thoughts, I listened to the Blade Runner uh, Rewind and had... uh, 
have figured out one other thing of why I don't think I enjoyed that movie as much. I didn't really like any of the characters a whole lot. And um, a lot of movies that I like, either the, the story has to be real compelling or I have to really like a character or really like one of the actors. And uh, that movie just didn't have enough of that for me to watch it over and over again, as good as it was. Um, so I, I kind of put my finger on that as maybe being a, a reason uh, why it didn't stand out as high on my list. We saw Jack the Giant Slayer this past weekend. It was very enjoyable. Um, <clears throat> if you think of things like uh, Once Upon a Time as being in the genre of sci-fi fantasy fans, then you probably will enjoy uh, that movie. Um, the special effects and everything of how they interact with the giants is so much better today, you know, than what it was when I was younger and they made other versions of this type of a story. Um, and it, uh, it's, it was a little bit similar to The Princess Bride in a certain way. If you enjoyed that movie, I think you would also like this one. Uh, some parts of it would be too intense for younger children, but uh, I think uh, kids maybe over the age of seven or so would uh, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, while we were there, we saw the, my first in-the-theater uh, preview of Pacific Rim and kind of decided that I think I want to see that one in 3D when it comes out. And uh, I'm going to watch The Fifth Element again. Uh, that's a movie that I like to rewatch every two or three years. And uh, it's been a year or two since the last time I watched it. So I'll have to watch it again before I call in for your other show. Uh, Grimm will be back on television starting this coming Friday, uh, March uh, 8th or whatever that is. Uh, and uh, the cliffhanger they left us with in the first part of the second season uh, truly looks like uh, we should enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> Zero Hour has been... Given the acts, I think uh, you guys may have posted that on your Facebook page, but uh, I'm hoping that the episodes they had filmed when we watch them will at least make some sense uh, and give us some type of resolution to that story. Um, I'm not completely uh, into it. I think uh, some of the elements are yeah, not to my taste, but there's enough national treasure uh, in that show that I like it. I really liked both of those movies. I like that uh, this clue will lead us to the next thing <clears throat> type of a story. And uh, so we're, we have enjoyed that. And Continuum has continued to be good as well as Arrow. Arrow uh, is still the, the top show, I think, of this new season. So um, that's all going on on my sci-fi front. Oh, on the subject of books, I did reread recently uh, Fahrenheit 451, an excellent read. And if you haven't read it, you should read it. And if you want me to give you a longer review, uh, let me know. Thanks. All right. Well, he shared a ton of different different information. So let's go just break down through this, right? Mm -hmm. So he kind of shared the movie Safety Not Guaranteed. And this was kind of interesting thought, the idea this guy plays an ad in the paper says, Bring your own gun um, because we can't guarantee your safety. 
but uh, where we're going to send you through time. And so these people try to figure out, is this real? Sounds more like a psychological type of story to me. Yeah. He's, he didn't reveal any spoilers to it. Don't know if I'm going to watch it, but if you get a chance to watch it, let me know, Miles. Okay. <laughs> no, but Blade Runner, you know, he said something that's true probably about any movie that you watch. If you can't connect to the characters, it's very difficult to get into the movie. Oh, sure. Unless it's an action, unless it's, okay, unless it's something like The Expendables where you don't really care about the characters and the conversations are kind of trite and you're just there to see things blown the heck up. Unless it's movies like that, mm-hmm. you really need the characters to connect with you. And especially in a movie like Blade Runner, where it's not really an action oriented movie. Yeah. And like I said in our review, the pacing is very slow. And so you really, you really got to pay attention to what's going on, or you, or you get lost real easily. Yeah. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, not, a, not, not something that he uh, was fond of. No. Really. <laughs> Uh, Jack the Giant Slayer, if you liked Once Upon a Time, if you like The Princess Bride, you'll like this movie. That's probably a rental for me. Yeah, maybe a rental for me as well. He mm-hmm. said not really for people, children under seven. Interesting. Jack the Beanstalk, when you hear a story like that, you think children under seven. I thought so. Yeah, yeah but I saw the PG-13 rating on this. I said, well, this is not for children under seven, then. Definitely not. Um, you know, interesting thing about this movie, it bombed. It took the number one spot this weekend for $29 million it brought in. Mm-hmm. Is that right? $29 million. Okay. It brought in, but they spent $190 million to make this, and that didn't include the $100 million they spent on overseas advertising. Oh, my. So they have to recoup this movie. This is going to do, need to do a lot better second week in to bring in the money. This movie will be a loss for them. Yeah, if, if something doesn't happen soon from yeah, wow. so so, but I'm um, glad you liked it and mm-hmm. um, glad for the good review. So we enjoyed it. Uh, so Pacific Rim, what do you think? Are you going to see this movie? That's probably going to be a rental for me in 3D. Well, well <laughs> yeah, well, yeah we, I don't have a 3D TV, but I mean, uh, yeah, there, we we talked on it off air about the um, amount of movies that are coming out this summer. It sounds like it's. It looked interesting, the premise, mm-hmm. but... Not something I, sure, I want to shell out 15 bucks yeah. for. He did mention that we, of course, as we might as well mention here, we are rewinding Fifth Element. He's rewatching it again, and mm-hmm. something that i got to remember to rent that <laughs> because I don't yeah. have it. Um, but well worth checking out and you know, chiming in, giving us your two cents about what you think about the Fifth Element. Grimm is back in TV, as he said, and of course, as you heard, I am watching season one of, of Grimm, finally. Zero Hour is act, And he brought up something interesting here. He goes, I hope that the episodes that they filmed will help wrap up the story. Mm-hmm. You and I have chatted about how frustrated we were when shows like Terminator, Sarah Chronicles didn't finish the story. Yeah. And so I'm feeling what he's feeling here. Even though I haven't watched Zero Hour and even though it got axed, those of you that did kind of watch the show, you want the story finished. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's saying Arrow is still his top show. You agreeing with oh, that? Oh, I, yeah. Arrow, yeah. Probably my three top shows are Arrow, um, Continuum, and Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Arrow and Continuum for me. And then mm-hmm. Bones is a close second, but that's not sci-fi related, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, we wanted the voicemail, and this comes in from Tony from New York. Tony is a new call. He's a longtime listener, but first-time caller, and he called in to share some thoughts about Blade Runner. And so let's hear what he has to say about Blade Runner. 
Hey guys, how you doing? This is Tony Aziz, Tony A, Long Island, New York. Long time listener, first time calling in. Uh, really enjoyed the show, especially the uh, episode on Blade Runner, uh, being middle aged sci fi. I, of course, saw Blade Runner in the theater. First time, probably uh, not too excited about it. I was expecting something like Star Wars when I saw it back in 1982. Uh, but I've been watching it over the years. It's become uh, uh, my two favorite sci-fi books. Probably the other is also with this not called the original family. But uh, I wanted to uh, comment on a couple of items. I think KLS uh, was uh, calling in. I'm not sure if that was on the phone, but uh, I think he mentioned that uh, the question came up with the fact that he's a And uh, uh, he indicated that there was no indication of uh, uh, the tint in the eyes that you see on the replicants. But I would direct you guys to be seeing it in the uh, uh, Deckard's kitchen right after Rachel saves Deckard from Leon, where she asks if uh, if she leaves with someone to laugh at her or her. And he walks around behind her and says that he would correct her if somebody would. And that scene, you can see that android thing through the eyes. Uh, so uh, I thought that might be helpful to determine the debate. Also, in, uh, I thought something was interesting. Watching the movie over and over with the years of this final scene where the is hanging out of the building and uh, Roy Batty uh, is about the same as as Deckard lets go as he loses his grip on that girder the final time. I never noticed this before, but when I watched it the last time, Deckard actually spits it Roy Batty as he loses his grip on the girder in one final act of uh, contempt, I guess. But uh, I just thought you find those points interesting. Uh, really enjoy listening to the podcast, guys, and uh, hope to follow in. Thank you. Tony, thank you so much for calling in and giving us your thoughts on Blade Runner. A little bit difficult at points to hear them, but I think we got the gist of the email, right? Of the voicemail. Um, so here's his, so he, he's bringing us back to the argument. Mm-hmm. Is Deckard a replicant? <laughs> now, remember, we talked about this quite extensively, right? Uh, yes. And uh, wh- where did you stand in that? No, he's not. I, I, I stand he's not. And he is standing and saying uh, this is a, that he is a replicant. Right, mm-hmm. and his argument that if you look at Deckard's, Deckard's kitchen, and you look at the, gl- we're talking about the glint in the eye that you get when you tell someone's a replicant that the eyes kind of tell it. Mm-hmm. Well, you get that same sort of glint in Deckard's eyes when he's in his kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is his argument, and it, that this kind of suggests that Deckard is a replicant. That's a Interesting theory. Yeah, well, the arguments throughout there. He did say that this is one of his top two movies of all time, although when he first saw it, he wasn't that impressed. He was expecting something like Star Wars. Yeah, you're, if, you're, if you're expecting Star Wars, you're not going to get in this. <laughs> yeah, you are going to be sorely disappointed if you're expecting uh, Star Wars. Isn't that the case? I think you have to be a little older and just patient with um, the flow of the story. Yeah, there, and, that, and there's no doubt. There's no doubt in that, mm-hmm. Miles. I think we've about done it. Tony, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your call. Please call in again, um, and uh, that goes for all of you that called in, all of you that that contributed to this podcast tonight. Thank you. Um, if you want to call in and contribute, there are a ton of ways you can do that, Miles, right? Right. Speak pipe, and I will try to advertise that widget actually on our main page. I'll put the links to the 
iPad app too and see if I can figure that out a little bit more with a little bit more instruction for you. But the SpeakPipe app is there as well. You can call us at one 888 5843 Email us at the You can send an MP3 to us or just type in an email and we'll read it on the air and we'll find also, they can join our Facebook page, right? Right. We have a very thriving discussion always going on there. And um, we talk about the shows we're watching and maybe a m- movie we've seen recently. And so um, good, good good chance for uh, you and I and our listeners to, to get together and talk side. It's some great conversation that kind of fills in the gap between these listener feedback shows. Mm-hmm. And and we, we often bring in comments from our Facebook pages as well, especially when we're talking about the TV shows we're oh, watching. Definitely, yeah. Um, but it's just a part, it's just a great way to engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I believe that is about it, Miles. So uh, we need to close the diner and get out of here. And uh, why don't we take our have our good old send off? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We will see ya. I said it, I can't take it back.